Chapter Forty Four, Care of Little Children. The best food for the infant is the food that nature provides. Of this, it should not be needlessly deprived. It is a heartless thing for a mother, for the sake of convenience or social enjoyment, to seek to free herself from the tender office of nursing her little one. The period in which the infant receives its nourishment from the mother is critical. Many mothers, while nursing their infants, have been permitted to overlabor and to heat their blood in cooking. And the nursling has been seriously affected, not only with fevered nourishment from the mother's breast, but its blood has been poisoned by the unhealthy diet of the mother, which has fevered her whole system, thereby affecting the food of the infant. The infant will also be affected by the condition of the mother's mind. If she is unhappy, easily agitated, irritable, giving vent to outbursts of passion, the nourishment the infant receives from its mother will be inflamed, often producing colic, spasms, and in some instances causing convulsions and fits. The character also of the child is more or less affected by the nature of the nourishment received from the mother. How important then that the mother, while nursing her infant, should preserve a happy state of mind, having the perfect control of her own spirit. By thus doing, the food of the child is not injured and the calm, self-possessed course the mother pursues in the treatment of her child has very much to do in molding the mind of the infant. If it is nervous and easily agitated, the mother's careful, unhurried manner will have a soothing, correcting influence, and the health of the infant can be very much improved. The more quiet and simple the life of the child, the more favorable it will be to both physical and mental development. At all times, the mother should endeavor to be quiet, calm, and self-possessed. Infants have been greatly abused by improper treatment. If fretful, they have generally been fed to keep them quiet when in most cases the very reason of their fretfulness was because of their having received too much food made injurious by the wrong habits of the mother. More food only made the matter worse, for their stomachs were already overloaded. Children are generally brought up from the cradle to indulge the appetite and are taught that they live to eat. The mother does much toward the formation of the character of her children in their childhood. She can teach them to control the appetite, or she can teach them to indulge the appetite and become gluttons. The mother often arranges her plans to accomplish a certain amount through the day.
and when the children trouble her, instead of taking time to soothe their little sorrows and divert them, something is given them to eat to keep them still, which answers the purpose for a short time, but eventually makes things worse. The children's stomachs have been pressed with food when they had not the least want of it. All that was required was a little of the mother's time and attention. But she regarded her time as altogether too precious to devote to the amusement of her children. Perhaps the arrangement of her house in a tasteful manner for visitors to praise and to have her food cooked in a fashionable style are with her higher considerations than the happiness and health of her children. Food should be so simple that its preparation will not absorb all the time of the mother. It is true, care should be taken to furnish the table with healthful food prepared in a wholesome and inviting manner. Do not think that anything you can carelessly throw together to serve as food is good enough for the children. But less time should be devoted to the preparation of unhealthful dishes for the table to please a perverted taste and more time to the education and training of the children. In the preparation of the baby's wardrobe, convenience, comfort, and health should be sought before fashion or a desire to excite admiration. The mother should not spend time in embroidery and fancy work to make the little garments beautiful, thus taxing herself with unnecessary labor at the expense of her own health and the health of her child. She should not bend over sewing that severely taxes eyes and nerves at a time when she needs much rest and pleasant exercise. She should realize her obligation to cherish her strength that she may be able to meet the demands that will be made upon her. Babies require warmth, but a serious error is often committed in keeping them in overheated rooms deprived to a great degree of fresh air. The baby should be kept free from every influence that would tend to weaken or to poison the system. The most scrupulous care should be taken to have everything about it sweet and clean. While it may be necessary to protect the little ones from sudden or too great changes of temperature, care should be taken that sleeping or waking day or night, they breathe a pure, invigorating atmosphere. In many cases, the sickness of children can be traced to errors in management, irregularities in eating, insufficient clothing in the chilly evening, lack of vigorous exercise to keep the blood in healthy circulation, or lack of abundance of air for its purification may be the cause of the trouble. Let the parents study to find the causes of the sickness and then remedy the wrong conditions as soon as possible. All parents have it in their power to learn much concerning the care and prevention and even the treatment of disease. Especially ought the mother to know what to do in common cases of illness in her family. She should know how to minister to her sick child. Her love and insight 
should fit her to perform services for it, which could not so well be trusted to a stranger's hand.